Welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. And my name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always, and welcome to today's podcast. Now, today's podcast is a little bit of a teaser, I should say. We're going to talk about one of the elements uh, in estimating that people really don't know where to start. And I'm going to kind of give you some ideas on where I would start in the process uh, and, of course, you're probably familiar with a recent podcast that we did introducing the fact that, that we, Electrical Code Academy Incorporated, has partnered up with Steve Griffin and Best Bid uh, Estimating Software in order to be able to bring together a real comprehensive video and podcast series that talks about estimating and how to become an electrical estimator. Again, people want to come out of the trenches and want to get actually in the office, whether you're getting older or whether or not you realize that that's a move up in the progression of management uh, and you become more responsible rather than the doer, uh, which is an important aspect. But now you become more uh, knowledge-based and it also allows you to be able to, to apply for certain positions where they need estimators. People need to understand the process of bidding because we have to know how we're going to actually complete that job, make money on that project, price that project, and that's where the estimator comes in. And we're going to talk about all those things in that video series that's coming up that you're able to purchase if you're wanting to, to learn a comprehensive package on becoming an electrical estimator. But one of the topics that I wanted to, to talk about today is one of those segments from that video series. This uh, kind of give you a little bit of information, kind of a taste of what we talk about, is where do you even start? I mean, when it comes to estimating, you sit down, you start looking at a set of plans, specifications, and everything, and you're like, where in the world do I start? Okay, Where do I begin to put these pieces together? And that's where I think most people, it's like anything, with calculations, uh, and I find that a lot with when it comes to calculations, that people get to a point and they kind of get glassy-eyed, right? They look at this. There's a lot of information here in front of you, and they get lost in that information. Where do you start? Now, so there's there's many parts that make up a complete estimate, and, and it's probably safe to say that there isn't one perfect order or solution to undertake an estimate, all right? You'll find your own way. Uh, you'll, you'll find your own approach, but there is some logical steps that you want to think about when you're doing an estimate. And a lot of these you're not taught in the schools that teach you estimating. And we're going to talk about those things in our videos that are going to be available uh, hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, but we're giving you some podcasts because we, we want to help you learn now as we're producing this series. Now, we find that after you get familiar with estimates a little bit, how they work, um, once you start getting a flow, then you will continue that flow every time. And then when you see the new estimate, it'll just naturally flow into that. Okay. Now, the good thing about that is you'll you'll start to develop your flow. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here. But once you do that, then you become 
something more uniformed in your approach. And when you're uniformed in your estimating, you will perform a higher level of accuracy with less thinking about it. In other words, less stress over thinking about, did I miss this? Did I miss that? You become more methodical. Now, I was a plans examiner for years and and oversaw plans examination uh, as well as the inspectors. And I found that if you develop a process, it's so much easier because the next time you do it, you just simply follow your process. Now, that's the same thing when I teach calculations. If I'm teaching multifamily, one and two family, uh, if I teach you one and two family, then it's easy to do the individual dwelling units of a multifamily. Uh, if I teach you those processes, then the only difference is a number of units, okay, when you're dealing with the multifamily. Same thing com- commercial calculations. If I teach you the, the steps and you follow those steps every time uh, and you're not just randomly picking and choosing how you approach it, uh, then there's less likelihood that you'll make a mistake. Plus, it's going to be easier, less thinking about it becomes natural for you. And that's what we want to really talk about. Now, we work with estimators that start with a one line and others that start with the brand circuits. Um, and they just have their own approach. Sometimes it, they can get quite confused in their process and they might leave something out. Just remember, there are many, many ways to approach this. There's no one absolute perfect way in some people's minds. In my mind, there seems to be a logical approach. But again, don't get stressed out. There's multiple ways to approach this. If you're out there and you're a business owner, you own your electrical contracting firm, and you're the one that's stuck with estimating, that's your role as well as the owner and everything else. And we've all worn those many hats. Okay, we've all done it. Um, when you think of that approach, it's going to be so much easier for you to come up with a standardized, uniformed flow uh, in order for that to be an issue where I'm not going to leave anything out. Now, typically, I start with the lights, and that's a pretty simple reason why. Uh, we tend to see that that's the information that you need to send to the supply house first because there's usually a backlog on putting together the lighting packages and, and having to wait for that lighting. So the first thing I typically will go to, and Steve Griffin, who's also a master estimator, who is really the brainchild behind the steps that we're going to go through in our modules. Uh, and what I've done is try to create it in a teaching format lesson. Uh, and so take his his analytical mind and bring it to a level that we can understand it. Uh, and it's simply start with the lighting. And for the simple reason of that is that's the information that you have to send to the supply houses as soon as possible. Okay, Because you have to get these lighting. A lot of times they're on order. Uh, and if you get that quote back on the lighting and the gear, it will always be the last piece of the puzzle. So I like giving it to the supply house with as much time as possible for them to work their numbers. Give us the best price uh, on that. So those are the the things that I want to get there first. So looking at the lighting, understanding the gears that's going to go into the project, and getting that out to the supply houses up front. So work on those elements. Now, if they get this information at the last minute, this limits their time for asking more than one company to provide pricing. So it's going to limit you down. They're not going to play the market. And they're going to be working in your best interest to get the best pricing. Okay, So those tend to be the costly things. I mean, wire and cable and boxes and things like that, commodities that we that we have to have on a project. Most of that's in large stock, and you can pick that up and get good price comparisons for that. But when it comes to a lot of the luminaires and things like that, 
uh, specialty lighting and the, the gear itself, whether you're getting something like a Schneider or Eaton or Siemens or whatever to put these packages together, it can take time. And so the last thing you want to do is wait till the end and submit that and then it could delay your project because you could sit there and just wait and you don't want anybody waiting on an estimate. Okay, so get that information out the door first. That would be my logical approach to focus on that. You can start measuring wire and counting boxes and doing takeoffs on that. But at the end of the day, that's going to be stuff that you can pick up fairly quickly. Okay, uh, and it's all going to be pretty competitively priced. It's the switch gear and the big lighting packages that you really should focus first. That is my opinion. Now, if they get this information and again at the last minute, uh, and those are the big items, then they're going to be struggling a little bit, and you're going to fall behind in your pricing. And that's what estimating is all about, right? Getting the pricing out the door the quick as you can, the accurate as you can, to the person that's that's choosing who they're going to go with, and you want to get them that information. Now, most estimates have a bid date. Okay, whether you're using something like Dodge or Conest or whatever it is to monitor different bidding processes, you'll notice that there's literally a bid date. Okay, and this bid date gets shorter and shorter each year uh, as projects move along. Time becomes an issue, uh, especially as economy starts to boom. Projects pop up, and they figure if we cut the bid time, we get started on projects much quicker. What that does is that limits you your time. Time isn't your friend when it comes to estimating, okay? Getting that estimate into your firm and out to the prospective client is very critical. Everybody needs as much time as practically possible to do a good job. So we don't want the estimating process to be very laborsome. We want to show you the steps to do that. Now, this non-specified manufacturers will need time to cross over the specified lighting to provide equals. Okay, So we need to give them amount, the amount of time to look over this lighting package uh, and to be able to find things that maybe some things on a specification aren't the norm. And where they would normally pick it and get it, it's easy. Something might be something that's unique or needed for a project that's maybe kind of questionable on the specification. It, give, it gives them enough, enough time to do the research uh, and find what's called an equivalent to be submitted. And sometimes those can be delays as well. S- submitting something as an equivalent to something that maybe is on a specification and you're trying to do it with something that's a non-specified Manufacturer That can take time too. So obviously getting it out there up front is going to be the best thing to deal with. Okay. Now this is where we get into one other thing that a lot of times that are misunderstood uh, is you kind of think that, look, supply houses have to supply products. I'm an estimator. I'm just needing information. Um, this is where I tell people estimators need to be people people. Okay, what does that mean? Well, you need to build relationships, good working relationships. Visit the supply houses from time to time. Talk with them. Ask for their catalogs. Sit down and look through their catalog with them. Say, look, I would like to take you to lunch. I would like to, anybody in there that's that's a key player, form those relationships. Okay, don't be afraid to contact, if you have a specific gear manufacturer that you like, reach out to them, form a relationship with them. You know, be sure to build a good working relationship with your suppliers and make sure that they provide you complete packages. Okay, And if they offer any alternative lighting packages to what might be in the specification, make sure it is an equal and not a value engineered offering. Okay, It needs to be 
apples to apples. They don't get the option of choosing a value engineered offering that, yeah, it's not what your spec calls for, it's not what you're bidding on, but it's okay, it's value engineered. No, we need to have what's considered an equal representation of whatever's on the specification if they are not able to source something and then they have to move to what's called a non-specified manufacturer. Nail all that down up front. Make sure they understand that you're not going for value engineering unless that is something that the owners are very aware of. And a lot of times on bidded packages, you don't get that, okay? It simply is an equivalent, okay? So if they're looking at some lighting that can really delay something, and again, when we talk about all these things, these are the stuff that delay projects, okay? The lighting, the gear, all right? I'm really not looking for somebody initially to simply just go out and try to save me a bunch of money, I'm really looking for a specification that's going to provide me the equivalent if it is a non-specified manufacturer that can meet the need. And then I have to be able to make that very clear when I'm conveying that on my bid. All right. So those things can really, really, really steamroll you if you don't get that lighting and that gear and all that, those harder to package type of things done up front. Now, getting price back as soon as possible also gives you time to review the low numbers and check to see if they're um, if they are totally complete, okay? Because there might be some missing. So the quicker you can get that out there, the quicker you can review these numbers, okay? So that's why you want to get that shipped out to your supply houses as quickly as possible. And that's where you, some of your pitfalls come in with the lighting and the gear. Because there's usually some downtime, delays, there's some substitutions that you have to be aware of. So that's why that's targeted first. Not so much counting boxes, not so much counting wire. Look, we can get wire and cable and boxes and fittings and raceways. It's pretty easy to procure. It's the lighting there's limited sources, and some of the switch gear is specialized. Think about those things up front. Now, shipping fees, uh, hangers, non-quoted items, wrong counts, etc., all need to be verified. Uh, in general, make sure you're not only the low numbers, but that you have a complete lighting number okay make sure it counts the numbers to numbers if I have a certain number of lighting components that I'm matching it on my quote with that okay now of course you need to make sure that you're dealing with everything for the shipping the hangers how you're hanging these luminaires if it's in a drop ceiling what are the non-quoted items that you're gonna have to worry about okay like metal uh, wire to be able to support some luminaires depending on the installation uh, making sure that that quote comes back from the supply house that all the numbers match all the lights are, are, are apples to apples okay and that they're if they're not again non-specified manufacturer that you have some statement of equivalence okay equal okay that's something that you want to look at it every time it comes back sometimes the site lighting may be broken out into different prices as well as lighting controls so you have to make sure that you identify it and they don't all get lumped in together. So be very methodical in how you do it. That's why you want to do that stuff up front. Okay, now, I always include notes with my counts to include all shipping and hangers that, will need, that you will need for a complete installation. I also request that if my counts differ from others to let me know. Okay, so while I'm counting what I need, 
they might look at it when they're providing me the supply house quote. I want to know if anything differs from what I submit them. And so I'll put notes on there to make that statement so that they're very aware that I am watching it. And these are just simple notes that you can put on your quote. Now, keeping in mind, with that being said, the first thing I do is find the lighting schedule, okay? When I'm doing this for the lighting. I look for that lighting schedule, that package, okay? When I'm starting my estimate, remember we talked about what you start with, the lighting. I'm looking for that lighting schedule, okay? Then I copy all the tags onto my takeoff sheet, okay? So whether I'm doing a physical takeoff sheet, pen and paper, or I'm doing an electronic version, a computerized version, um, either way, you create the takeoff sheet. And I'm going to take all of those tags on that lighting schedule, whether it's a fluorescent, two by four, whatever, I'm putting that down on my takeoff. Now, as soon as I finish counting the lights and verifying the counts, I will send I will send my lighting counts, the specifications, because usually they're going to have the specifications for that specific luminaire all on that lighting schedule. That's what the engineer does. They put it all down. Otherwise, you wouldn't know what lighting you need anyway. So it's all there. So I'm doing my count. Once I get my finished countdown, I verify my counts methodically. Then I'm going to send my lighting counts. I'm going to send the specifications and the lighting schedule to each supply house that I will be receiving a price from. And I will request the pricing. And again, like I said, we want to make sure that I put on there those little notes that it has to be complete lighting uh, quote. And I want to make sure that I also state the notes about the shipping, hangers that might be necessary, which again, those are some of the little things that are non-quoted in many cases and you end up losing money on. I want to make sure I make note of these little things, okay, in my notes that I send to these supply houses, okay? So I'm doing that almost right away, okay? Now, the plans will include an extract description of each light in the lighting schedules. So, All I need to provide is the quantity and the tag because on that lighting schedule that I'm going to send to all of my supply houses will have all that information, okay? So that is all they're really going to need. You know, for example, it might say uh, quantity tag might be 100 A lights or 25 B lights. And it will be very specific, but doing a lighting count first also eases me into the job itself, okay? So we've already sent out to the supply house the lighting schedule, okay? And I've, t- I've copied those tags onto my takeoff sheet, uh, which makes it very simple for me. Uh, I've sent them the lighting schedule to that supply house. I've put my little notes on there. I've rec- I have, um, I make sure that uh, I get something about my requested price, so at that point, they'll have all the information that, that, that I need. So it's my turn now to start going to the takeoff. Now remember, in that takeoff, and, and I start there again because it kind of eases me into it. Now I've got that lighting sent away. I've got those, and if there's gear associated with that, you'll get a gear schedule. That is pretty set in stone. Those are the sizes. Those are the type of equipment they need. The engineer's already designed it. Get that off as well so that you can start getting prices on switch gear, the different panels, and all this stuff that you need. Got to have those hard prices. But now I start to move into my estimating, and now I work with 
a good way to ease me into it, and that's nail the lighting. Since I started with the lighting, I had that sent off. Now, by doing this lighting count first, again, eases me into it. I start to get the feeling of the project without having to do too much research so far. Um, I start on the site plan, okay? If there is one, sometimes you don't have a site plan, but if there is one, you start on a site plan and continue through the entire electric drawing until I'm finished. And I am just literally counting the luminaires, okay? Um, so uh, it is important to make a quick glance on the plans other than the E-sheets, which are typically electrical layout sheets. Occasionally, you will find hidden lights in a detail on another sheet. So we, we're looking at the obvious, but again, I'm scanning all the sheets because I don't want to make sure that I'm going to have something that's left off, okay? Now, when could this happen? Well, this could be under counter or cove lighting, uh, steeple lighting on churches, things like that that might be shown in another sheet that's not necessarily on the electrical lighting. And I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. So because I'm going to be centrally focused on the lighting and looking at each sheet and kind of, and this is where I typically, for me, I have, uh, whether I'm doing electronic or I'm actually doing it pen and paper, uh, do things with highlighters and, and different colors to make sure that I'm actually doing my counts. Some people do a digital counter. Whatever you need, you need to start coming up with these. And when you do the takeoff, it's pretty simple to go through each one of these components uh, and just kind of start getting your numbers. Like 100 light A lights, 25 B lights, uh, and you're going to actually, again, use the tag that's from the lighting schedule. Okay. All right, so again, glance at all of them. You know, you want to make sure that, that there's nothing that's going to be hidden in the process. Now, we're going to go into more depth in this in the video series, okay? We're going to dig into it. We're going to talk the lighting in the next lesson that we work with, uh, and it's going to be a methodical series. I encourage you, if you want to get into the estimating field, you want to, you want to get better at estimating so you're not losing money. And if, you're, if you do your own estimating, that's, that's one key trigger here. You don't want to lose money. Uh, but if you want to take your career to the next level and you want to become an electrical estimator, I mean, all you've got to do is go on... Uh, the internet and go to Indeeds, for example, and type in electrical estimators. Again, you're going to see the, the salary ranges are a lot higher generally than just the, the journeyman electricians. Um, you're going to see that a lot of times it's middle management and sometimes higher management. Uh, you're going to see that these individuals play a high role in the success of a company. And whether you're transitioning from in the field and you want to move into the office, uh, you want to take your career to the next level, uh, then maybe estimating is your thing. One thing to remember is that you can take this newfound knowledge from company to company to company. You're always going to be in demand. Okay, So that was just kind of a, a touch a little bit about how we start estimating. We really focus on the things and... A lot of people open up again and go right to the boxes, devices, receptacles, and you know all this kind of stuff, and they really don't have a methodical way of moving through it. And for most of the applications, we really need to get the things that are important sent off first to get pricing, and then we can work through the the little components, the wire, the cable, the boxes, the staples, the the straps, the raceway. We can work through all that stuff. The high ticket items is generally going to be the luminaires, and it's typically going to be the gear, panel boards, things like that that's necessary. Knock that stuff out of the way. I like to start with the lighting, uh, move on to the gear, uh, and get that lighting out because a lot of times you will need to have something that's equivalent 
depending on the supplier. Uh, they'll have their version. In other words, it might be Leviton for something else, and somebody else wants you know another brand. As long as it's equivalent, make sure that they state that it is equivalent. Okay, it's just a different manufacturer, but all of the specs are equivalent. That's why we're giving a lighting schedule to the supplier uh, in order to be able to get us an accurate quote. Uh, that's why we make notes on there to make sure that they understand that we don't want to lose sight of all the little hardware that might be necessary, uh, things like that. We want it to be as complete quote and pricing as possible. And that's why we start with the lighting and then move to the gear and things like that. Then we can dig down into the weights, but don't worry about it. We're going to cover all of this in our video series and our future podcast series. So we're excited about what it's going to bring to you. If you want to take your estimating game to the next level, uh, this this episode uh, or this series, I should say, is going to do that for you. So till next time, folks, that's kind of an introduction into how we start an electrical bid process. Uh, if you want more information, please visit our website at masterthenec.com. Uh, we have estimating softwares on there that we believe is the best estimating software in the industry. It is all-inclusive, takeoff software. Everything is involved in it. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so visit our website. You'll see best bid up there. Click on that. If you want more information on that, let us know. You need training on that, let us know. Uh, but we feel it's the best out there. And, and I've worked with many types of estimating softwares through the years as an electrical contractor. Uh, and so... If you have any questions, feel free to contact us. Until next time, folks, stay safe and God bless. Every day the future's getting closer. Every day the future's looking bright. Every day is another beginning.